Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author and colleague Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a broadcast that we do every Thursday at six o'clock Eastern time, live on Facebook and YouTube. And then it's available for rebroadcast. And it's also available on a variety of podcast outlets for listening. And we love to hear from you. We find your comments and your experiences extremely useful to, to everybody who's listening because there's just so much that crosses experiences. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. So we, we invite you always to send us your questions, your comments, your stories. You can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at nsaxtonlopez. That's N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at csmpc.com. And this is a program that we like to note is a friend of Dakin Humane Society in Springfield, Massachusetts. Dakin is a 501c3 community-supported animal welfare organization that provides shelter and medical care and spay-neuter services and behavioral rehab for more than 20,000 animals and people every year. It's been around since 1969. Dakin has become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in central Massachusetts and a national leader in animal welfare. And you can learn more about Dakin and make a donation at dakinhumane.org. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E dot O-R-G. And also I will be doing a program on the 16th of this month, which is a Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. It'll be a live Zoom presentation where I'm going to read some from Nancy and my book, The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups, and then we'll facilitate a conversation. So if you'd like to be part of that active meeting and come and have a conversation with me and the other people who will be participating, please look at the information in the description for this program because there's a registration link there for you. So today we're going to talk about the commonalities. One of the things that we keep noting in the stories we get and the questions we get and also in the experiences that we've had over years and years of facilitating pet loss groups and also doing clinical work individually and with families is that people often feel so isolated when they're grieving. The world gets very small for us when we're in a great deal of pain and when we're highly stressed. And today we just want to emphasize a simple thought, but it's really important and hopefully very useful for you. And that is that we are not alone. This is not, this is not an experience that is is unique in the themes and in the patterns. Right. It's unique in the absolute particulars and the micro aspects and particulars of your loss and particulars of what's going on with you in any given moment. But we often feel like I'm the only person who has experienced this much pain or this kind of pain or this kind of uncertainty or this degree of guilt. And today we just want to emphasize that you're you're not. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> There's just a lot, a lot of commonalities, and and we hope that emphasizing that can help you to feel 
less alone if in fact you are feeling alone in the depth of your grief today and as you're listening to this. So that's really what we want to we want to emphasize today. And we're going to do it through talking about some of our own experiences and also through sharing some of the content of a story that one of our audience members sent to us. Yeah, we had we got a um, really heartbreaking um, but wonderful story about um, Lucia. Lucia's mom had had sent this in to us, and it was it was a, a long email, but it was a well um, versed email in all of her feelings and what was going on with her life and with Lucia, um, and there were a lot of themes that came out that Kenya had talked about. We all go through these themes, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I kind of made notes. We won't actually, you know, read the email, but we, I made notes about those themes that I think it's important for all of us to hear. Um, and one of them and the beginning of her, you know, email, um, um, Lucia's mom was looking for some comfort because she had a difficult, you know, family uh, relationship and had some life challenges. And she felt that um, having having an animal with her, even though she had, a, I think, a couple dogs, but she was looking for someone special, especially the heart dog. She was looking yeah. for the heart dog. And she had also, I guess, um, had some medical issues of her own too. She had she had uh, clinical depression, and it wasn't the kind of depression that was responding well to medication. Right. So, so th that goes to when she adopted Lucia. She felt such comfort because it was like that kismet, you know, when she mm -hmm. she met Lucia. And because Lucia was a, was a cuddly dog and a loving dog and a, and a sweet dog. And so this goes to the human animal bond, right? Which we've talked about here on a podcast. How much and they mean to us. Yeah. What, what, are, what do these animals mean to us and what we do for them, but what they do for us. And so it's such a mutually wonderful relationship that they depend on us. They need us. And we, need to take care of them and we need and when we do take care of them we get so much out of that because they just love us so unconditionally so i think all of those parts that we look at in the human animal bond about how they help us medically how they help us psychiatrically or mentally or emotionally and and socially physically but we also you know give them what they need you know we love them we take care of them we make sure they go to the vet we make sure that they get food you know they get toys and they get to play okay so in this case it became such a mutual you know love and caring between lucia mm -hmm. and and her mom so that's one of the first things that came out of her email um However, Lucia also developed some pretty difficult medical issues. And so not only was Lucia helping her mom, but Lucia, mom had to help Lucia, right? Serious health conditions, right? Pancreatitis. And, pa and pancreatitis that did not resolve, right? Yes. 
and there were different medications and so forth. And this went over a period of time. And then, and then through her life, Lucia's life, there were other medical problems too that had come up. And when that happens, you know, we've talked about this, is that when you have to take care of an animal so completely, so there's treatments and vet appointments and medications and and um, and you're worried and anxious and different treatments that you have to do, it really intensifies because you're spending so much time caretaking. And I and I will tell you a, a, a personal story that you met Boogie a couple a couple weeks ago. Love my Boogie. He's our new our new guy, and he is a rescue. And he he we knew he had epilepsy. All right, we knew that going in. Well, after our podcast last week, Thursday evening, he had a cluster seizures. And so, you know, he had one and I, I got him out of bed. I took him downstairs. I was like, should I take you out, give you something? And then he went into another one. And so um, I called for, you know, I said, we, my husband, we have to leave. We have to go to the ER. Because at that point, we didn't know whether to give him medication or not because he was, it, there was only a few minutes between seizures. We got him in the car. He had another seizure. Just, so, just, no, just to clarify, is, a, is that what a cluster seizure yes, is? Yes, one after another. One after another. Okay. Correct. And so we, when we got to the ER, he was hospitalized. Um, he's home. I mean, he did come home Friday. Um, but it was a very anxiety-provoking and scary thing because with cluster seizures, they're dangerous and they could kill an animal. Um, and so we're thinking we've only had Boogie for a few weeks and this is what we're going through, which would mean, you know, changes. And the vets were great, you know, They and our, our uh, neurologist was involved. And so Monday we went in to see the neurologist and had all of this information on, you know, different, different dosing, you know, with the medications. So that goes into how do we get those medications and so forth. So we went through all of that. Um, and then on top of that, which was another scary thing, because, you know, your the phenobarbital and the Keppra, he has to get every 12 hours. Um, he vomited yesterday morning after he ate and had his meds and we're like, Oh boy. So what does that mean? Mm. And so we spent the morning between my, the, the, um, our regular vet, um, our, um, our neurologist and the, and the ER vet to, and they all gave us different, different information about what to do with, with his meds. But we did go with obviously the neurologist suggestion and we did give him his medications, which again threw us off though, because then it was 1030 instead of 730. And now we're, we're looking at 1030 at night, you know, giving him his, his best. So all I'm saying is, you know, it's wonderful to adopt dogs and cats. It's wonderful. A lot of times though, we don't know what might be in that, you know, coming down the pike with an animal that's been, you know, that's been adopted. I mean, we knew, we took it on. We knew, we knew that this might happen. Yeah. That's something that you adopted this animal who has such serious medical problems. Yeah. And I salute you. That's really something. 
I mean, we love him, and and but we knew going in that this mm-hmm. was going to be something. But a lot of times, people and it's again, it's wonderful to adopt. But sometimes histories are not necessarily correct or yeah. or not known, and so it's it's just when anyone adopts an animal to really you know think hard because we you, it could be the animal could be fine. Dr. Cat could be fine, but that doesn't mean that something might happen. Um, and so, um, but it also bring it brought us closer to him. But at the same time, it's a lot of energy and there's a lot of anxiety and some fear with that. So, well, it builds a, a kind, like you said, it it's a mixed bag. It, in one way, it builds an extraordinary kind of intimacy. Is the yes, right, exactly. So, you know, but that was kind of what Lucia's mom was going through, right? Because Lucia developed this chronic pancreatitis, but then she also developed some other types of really difficult medical issues, which when you have to get up at a certain time, I think she said she had to get up at 530 in the morning to get a medication. I mean, those are, are you know, things that really one needs to think about because it is, it is saps your energy. It, it, it does have a lot of emotional impact. You have to organize your life around. Exactly the animal's care in some cases. And all the while she was feeling like this. She, was, she had her own issues, right? Well, so, But she also was feeling like this animal was healing her. Was yes, was, exactly. in fact, In fact, she said, she said that, and I feel like this is, this is really an interesting point, I think, that this was her emotional support animal, but she never had that certified. That's right. I, I kind of feel like important. most of our, the, the animals that are closest to our hearts are, are always our emotional support. That's right. I think they're all emotional support animals. But, you know, but for, this was a very, became a very, very close relationship mm-hmm. between the, the two of them. You know, Lucia healed mom. Mom was trying to heal Lucia. And there was so much going on. And then, of course, that comes into the anxiety, which we're just talking about, about taking care of a sick animal. You know, like you had, like you said, you have to manage your life around them, right? And, and you often feel like you're just not doing it well enough. I know, right? Because I'm just not doing it well enough. And that, that's the beginning of the, the, that's the seed for the guilt that almost universally follows the animal's death. Exactly. Because here I am, I've got three different um, answers to my question of, do I give the medications again or not? And then you're like, and I know all of them meant well, but you're, you're like, I, what do we do? We want to make the right decision, right? Right. So, I mean, we did obviously go with a neurologist because he had just seen her, but yeah, but yeah, there is an anxiety about that. So I, so to go forward with Lucia's story is, all of a sudden Lucia got very ill and she had a liver issue. Her liver was failing, I believe. Yep. And the vet came out to her and said, you need to euthanize her. Right. I mean, I think yeah. that that's, that's what, that's what happened. And so here she is, she's taken all of this time to do everything she could to make sure that Lucia was getting the treatment and the medications and everything that she needed. And now all of a sudden there was a decision that had to be made. And and Nancy, I'll jump in here and say that this happened in both cases with my, with my two chihuahuas. Yeah, sure. Isabel who died on June 19th and then Abigail who died on August 23rd. 
in both cases, they went into crisis, took them to the vet, and because of COVID, the, the vet had them in a in a room apart from where she was talking to me, actually on the steps of the building. And she said, this is, this is dire. You have to make a decision. Mm. And I had not expected that. And, and this is the same with Lu Lucia. She had not expected mm. that level of crisis. She didn't expect that finality. And, and you know, my vet is very, is very sensitive and, and also very good about being direct. And I didn't feel like there was an unreasonable amount of pressure in the moment, but it can feel that way, though, right? Well, I think, you get the I think feeling, that, you get the his feeling. mom said that, right? She said it in capitals. He said, you have to do this now. Yeah, right? it, was, it was like a demand. Yeah. And, yeah. and and of course, you know, we don't know the actual, we don't know what it really looked like, but that's how it felt for sure. That's how it was received. And the, that's that's another very common experience that you think your animal is, you know, your animal may be chronically ill or, or, or maybe, maybe you don't. And you go to the vet and the vet tells you, well, you know, you, if it were mine, I, I, I would advise putting them down now. And it can be such a shocking thing. And you may be alone when that happens and you may not be, but you, you have to make a decision and that's incredibly challenging. Yeah. yeah, overwhelming, because you're going to make that decision, you know, for your animal if he or she lives or dies. Yeah. You know? And mm -hmm. and and then if she if she lives or he lives, what is that going to be? And otherwise, you know, okay, I I'm I'm killing I'm killing my animal. Yeah. Because that's how yeah. it feels at that moment, right? Even though yeah. the disease is usually the, the, really the culprit in killing the animal. You don't feel that way, especially in that kind of instant. Yeah, because you're, 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 you have to make, make a decision. Mm -hmm. And of course, the decision is about ending their suffering. Of course. Easing their transition. But wow, that can be so distressing. And, and I remember it with Isabel's situation, I, I called Tim, who was, and Tim's my husband, for those who don't know, and, and, and he was in Georgia at the time, and I'm in Massachusetts, and I said, Isabel's dying, and if you want to say goodbye to her, you know, I'll put the phone to her. And, I mean, what a thing it, it, it was. And, but that's what Lucia had to experience, and that was something, and she had never, she had never had... She'd never euthanized an animal before. Well, I think one was euthanized, but she was she wouldn't stay. She wasn't there, okay. right? So this yeah. time, she I guess her son came and and there was there was some they brought, they brought the, the other they brought the other pets to but, somebody. She had the presence of mind to say if her other pets, her other dogs, right, could sort of acknowledge the loss too as it was happening. So she had the other dogs come, and they it sounds like they didn't really have. And they, didn't really pay, they didn't really pay much attention, it sounds mm -hmm. like. But that was that was a really thoughtful thing to, yes, to do. Um, but but at, of course it, the euthanasia happened, but she still is struggling with that, obviously. Yeah, know? and she took some time off from work. Yes. It's another thing that again, this is a significant loss. And if you need to take time off from work, you need to take time off from work, period. There's nothing wrong with that. 
that's why you have personal time or that's why you have and I think whatever I mean you may you may have grief yeah, grieving yeah. days yeah. and right. you know some admit those may or may not be formally applicable to the loss of a pet but they sure ought to be yes well, just need to take, also take bereavement days you know yeah I, I think for her mom, the, um, Lucia's mom, though, that she w wouldn't be paid if she didn't work. So that's another complication to this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So some people wanted need to take that time off, or they need want to take that time off, and she did take some time off. But the issue is she wasn't paid for those that time, right. and th and that is again, unfortunately, a complication. To all of a sudden, she's at the vet. She finds out that that uh, Luc Lucia needs, uh, you know, should be euthanized according to the vet, and now she's got to make that decision. And now she's, how can she work? Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people go through these these things. Oh, ab absolutely, it's just, and that's 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 really our theme for today: is that you're not alone. If this right. resonates with you, which it will for many people who listen, I think. It's just part of the experience. And, and then, of course, she has the what ifs. And yeah. should I have taken I her to another vet? Should I have had another opinion? All the while, you're in a trusting relationship with your vet. And they're showing you all the evidence they have that your pet is suffering and that it's there's there's no coming back from this. and And so... Clearly, she did the right thing, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that she's not going to have all those feelings about it. What? Because because it that's what happens next. I mean, particularly with people who have been through such an intimate, complicated path with the care of their pet. When it comes to this moment where they are at the end of their lives, there's often all of this thinking of. Well, if only I'd done this, or if only I had that this this next opinion and all of that, and and the, the the thing to keep in mind is this is very common. It will it will ebb and flow. It will become less prominent yeah. over time. And the thing you want to try to do is just notice that you're feeling that way, that you've got that sense of guilt, and and you know maybe I should have done this, that, or the other thing, and just kind of. Try to let it pass through you rather than then hold on. on it, holding on to it. You know? Yeah, to get so immersed in it that it, it's it is toxic. Yeah, because mo I we know that Lucia's mom did everything she could possibly for this for this dog. Period. She did everything. She did. There was nothing else she could have done. As is the case with most of most us. People. Most of, we do everything we can think of. We we follow the the best guidance we have. I mean, you're telling this story about how you spoke to three veterinarians, if I recall, yeah. that day, and you you did everything that you were recommended to do, and and it's great that Boogie pulled out of it, yeah. and and hopefully this won't happen again, or if it does happen, it won't be for a very long time, but. But that's all you can do. There's right. so much that you just cannot control. And, you know, again, the, these, the thing that, that I thought of as we were getting ready for this, this discussion is just this theme of you, you may feel alone, but you're not alone. This right. is, 
this is the way it works. This is what happens. And there's a lot of emotional tumult, but it's, it's just part of the human experience of grieving for a beloved pet. And we, 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 we want to keep saying to ourselves, this is normal. This is typical. And I'll just put one foot in front of the other and keep, and going. keep going. Yeah. I was talking to um, someone before about, you know, the euthanizing of her cat and, and, you know, it's funny because we were saying before is you feel so alone, right? You, you usually people feel alone. And it's like you, you, you look through life with a different lens, you know, it could be a beautiful day out, but your lens is gray, you know, because of how you're feeling. But again, the, everyone's feeling that that's going through this. Yeah. Right. Everybody. Because um, you feel like no, everyone around me is happy and, you know, their, their life is okay, but that's not the case. You know, yeah, that's not, that's not your reality. That's right. And that's just, that's, you have to honor that. You have mm -hmm. to just realize that that's the way you're, you're doing at the time being and that there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Exactly. There's not, you're not, you're not, you're not weak. You're not overly preoccupied. You are grieving and that's what you need to do to get through this period of time. You just need to go through it. And it was interesting because um, another theme here for Lucia's mom was that she was dealing with multiple losses. So she had other losses some years back of parents, I believe. Yep. And so every, we know that every loss that happens, every other, all past losses come back to. And so that can complicate you know, the, the grieving process. And that can be very surprising and disturbing mm -hmm. for people that all of a sudden now they're thinking about their mother or their father or a dear friend as though it's, it's fresh. Yeah. And it's just very common that, that a new loss awakens the grief from other previous losses. It's part of, it's part of what happens very typically. And one of the things we learn is that we, we are really, in a sense, never done grieving. No. And it, it's just, it becomes part of the way we live forward. And just, again, if we can expect it, it, it helps. It doesn't take it away, but it helps it to be less shocking and less disturbing. And part, you know, part, of, part of life is hanging on to and integrating these stories of loss That's right. in our lives and, and always in a way that emphasizes the fact that we're lucky that we had these relationships yes. and that we're moving forward in a way that, that holds on to all of them. And the last thing was go, going back to the human animal bond and our, our wonderful relationships with our animals is that um, Lucia's mom felt that this was a harder loss than any other loss. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And in that, some people, people, you know, I remember when we would do the groups and people would come in and they literally would say to us, I feel crazy. And we would say, why? And they would say, I'm grieving more for this dog or cat or horse or than I ever grieved for my parents, my spouse. my." And they really think that they're 
they're nuts, right? They, or, or that this makes them a bad person. Right, or it makes them <laughs> There's something really, really deeply wrong with them. Right. So, <laughs> and, and we say, no, no. <laughs> this is real. This is normal, you know, because of the relationship that you have. And, and yeah, I mean, they're part of your life every day. They're, you know, you touch them, you you maybe carry them around, you take care of them in, in a very in a very intimate way. You do everything for and but yeah, that can be so disconcerting because it raises then, all these questions about did I not right. did I not really love my mother, my mother or, my mother. <laughs> or but I mean then they sigh a relief, right? And by the way, Mr. Boogie has joined us. He just came upstairs and walked right in. So he pushed the door open. So I guess he's heard his name a few times. So, And but, he's reassuring you that he's okay. That's right. He's, he's a good boy. So, but, so this, we want to thank Lucia's mom. I mean, this was a lot of themes that I think in our speaking about them are really going to be helpful for others. And again, the commonality, we all have it. We all go through it this way. Yeah. Well, Nancy, again, it's been a great conversation yes. and I look forward to our next, our next discussion. And if you have topics or issues or questions or just stories you'd like to share, we're always happy to receive them. And so have a, have a good night and take care everyone.